Hey there, my name is Lexi and thank you so much for joining me today for this Lex chat. In this Lex chat, we're going to talk about a couple topics. I want to get into clients who feel entitled to your time. And I also want to get a little bit into clients who don't necessarily display that they have the, uh, I don't know, the discipline or the ambition to go out and search for certain information for themselves. So that's going to be the Lex Chat. We are, those are going to be the topics we're talking about for Lex Chat today. If it's something you'll be interested in hearing more about, stay tuned. Let's do the Lex Check with Lexi. My birthday was this past Monday, December 6th. And we're recording this live on, what's today, the 11th. And this episode is going to be posted on Monday. So those are the benefits of seeing this live. You see it a few days before it actually posts, and then y'all get all these cool little interactions, and I respond to your comments and all that good stuff. But my birthday was December 6th. I am not going to reveal how old I am. Y'all can go to my website and read my bio and discover for yourselves how many years I have. Side note, I'm going to stop saying, oh, how old are you? And start asking, how many years do you have? Because I feel like that's less rude. And people don't feel old just because they gained another revolution around the sun, you know? So random, I guess a little bit political correctness from me. How many years do you have? And actually, I'm not afraid to reveal it. I have 28 years, December 6th, 28 years. So, and I just keep, I just keep getting better and better every year. Hi, kitty cat. She is eating my hand. Anyway, I get really worried around my birthday. And I guess it's like an anxiety thing. I struggle mentally with feeling like people support me in general, and that trickles into my birthday. So I feel like people don't care about my birthday. And I feel like if I did anything, people won't necessarily come out to celebrate with me, which is a ridiculous thing because I do have people who want to do stuff with me and share and experiences. She is wilding out right now. Yeah. So I do have people who want to share and experiences with me and do things with me. I just, the psychology in my mind, if y'all caught the past few episodes, what up, double R? If y'all caught the past few episodes, then I kind of talked about how, you know, I'm realizing that from my childhood, because my parents were always working and I basically grew up as an only child, like nobody really came out to my games. Nobody came out to my dance recitals or rehearsals or like any artsy performance kind of stuff that I did growing up. My family, they weren't there for majority of those things. And I want to say if any, because I just don't remember. I think there was like one or, or two games in like middle school of volleyball or basketball or something. But in general, growing up, it's something that I understand that my parents were working, so they couldn't necessarily be like you know you're tired and they're military so they're getting up at 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning to go to 6 a.m pt and then they're working from 9 a.m until 5 not getting home until 6 and got to do dinner and get everybody ready for the next day my mom grew up single as a single um as a single mom for a while so that was tough on her i'm sure it was just you know i understand a lot of things that may have been a reason as to why I did not get people showing up for me. But the way that's manifested into my adult life is I don't feel like I have support and I feel like I have to do a lot of things alone, if not everything. Just because I was pretty much raised to be independent because my parents did have to work so much. And I guess it's just part of the military upbringing too. Independence, self-sufficiency, um, and so that manifested in a really weird way into my adult years. And it affects me as an artist because I don't, I just don't feel like I have the support that I want. 
it's a thing that I have to overcome. All of that to say that I'm really weird around my birthday. It's the same kind of anxieties. It's the same kind of thought process when my birthday comes around. Like, you know, I don't know if anyone is really excited that it's my birthday. I don't know that anyone would be interested in hanging out with me. This is what I tell myself in my mind. So my birthday can get really emotional for me. And because of that, especially this year, I had plans to actually do stuff. Like if y'all remember a few weeks ago, I put out a call on Instagram like, hey, I wanna go to the cabins. Who would be interested in doing that? It might be like one to $200 per person for like a two night, three night stay in a cabin in the mountains with jacuzzi, nice, nice houses, okay? And then we would go do zip lining and hiking or whatever. Um, but people are talking about, they might want to turn it into like a recording retreat. So we might, we might see what that's talking about too. But I actually had plans on doing that, but I had plans on doing something for my birthday this year, but a show that I was going to perform in, it got moved from November 20th to December 4th. And I was planning on going to the cabins for my birthday weekend. (laughs) So the cabins, the cabin plans got canceled, obviously. And then the day before the show comes along, Friday, December 3rd, and the promoter of the show says, hey, it's been canceled. Too many of our key players are sick. Not with COVID, just some seasonal thing that's going around. They're not going to be able to do the show, so we got to cancel. Everything's pushed back to January, so I'm just in my house like, well, dang. I could have done that cabin trip after all. So I start to get a little depressed. It's just like, uh, I didn't plan anything with anyone because I thought the show was going to happen. And I, you know, get depressed. I get sad. It is the day before my birthday. And I make the decision like, you know what? I didn't get to go to the cabins this year, but maybe I could still go zip lining like I wanted to do for my birthday. And that's what the original plan was. So I research, I don't necessarily want to drive almost two hours to Blue Ridge. So I research other zip lines, find something that's like 45 minutes to an hour out. And the price is nice, only 80 bucks for a two and a half hour tour. I make the reservation online, it's done. Yes, I'm excited. I'm gonna get up early in the morning and I'm gonna go drive and I'll be there by this time and ready to do it at, when was it for like? 11 a.m. in the morning yeah so I book it payment goes through I'm feeling good I'm feeling hopeful the people call me and they say hey so I'm calling because we got your reservation but you are the only one who booked so we're gonna wait a couple more hours to see if anyone else books for the day And if they do, we can continue with your tour. If they don't, we'll have to cancel your reservation or move you to another day because we can't do zip lining tours with just one person. We need a group, two people or more. And I did not plan to do any zip lining with anyone. So now in my mind, I'm just like, I'm getting so sad. My eyes are welling up. I'm trying not to get choked up in the throat because I don't want her to know like this is really important to me actually. Um, and now my plans, it just seems like, oh my God, I can't do anything. I don't have anyone to, you know, do something with on my birthday. It's just, I go through some crazy emotions. I don't know if it's a woman thing. I don't know if it's a seasonal affective disorder thing, seasonal depression. I don't know, but it literally kind of crushes my spirit because this is the one thing I wanted to do for my birthday. The one thing I wanted to do for myself and I actually had time to do it and then that thing cancels on me. Normally, I don't plan things with people because people cancel on me, but the thing canceled on me this time. I was very upset to say the least. So I get all upset about that, but my birthday ended up being real chill. I did a birthday workout. I did my hair. I got some Starbucks, got caught up in a police chase. You know, it was a nice birthday in Atlanta. That's like my third time in two months getting damn near caught up in a police chase. 
it's really getting kind of wild out here. I don't know what the hell is wrong with these people. They just don't want to pull over. They doing the crime, but they obviously trying to escape. But anyway, and then the next day I took myself to the aquarium because I decided, you know, I'm still, I'm not going to let that failed attempt stop me from still trying to enjoy myself and keep, you know, trying to enjoy myself and treat myself a certain way. I need to train myself now for how I want to be treated and for things that I want to do. So then eventually, and this is going to go all over the place, but eventually when I get into things like relationships, I will have a knowledge of what I'm interested in, what I like to do, where I want to go. And, you know, if someone is not able to do that for me, then they're not a compliment to my life. They are not an addition to my life. So that's what it is. Um, whoever you are, Divya Shetty, I'm not taking my top off. You can go on with that. But you can hop in on this conversation. That would be nice if you were actually listening to what I was saying. But yeah, anyway, so I took myself to the aquarium and then someone who was in, who is interested in me or claims to be interested in me didn't even wish me happy birthday. Talking about, oh, you really did your birthday alone? Oh, we're going to have to change that. You ain't about to change nothing. So stop capping. Because if you did care, you would have been asking me, oh, what are you doing for your birthday? Or can I take you out? Like you would have been actively asking things. So I'm really over certain people as well. But that kind of leads into the topic of Lex Chat for this episode, right? And just as a reminder, because we just did the check-in, the Lex Check with Lexi. Um, so that's out of the way. Oh, actually, before I get into that, um, I don't have any financial advice today. Last week's financial advice was if you are getting offers in the mail about a new card that has 0% APR for at least one year and or a statement credit bonus of $100 or $200 if you spend a certain amount in three months, take advantage of it transfer your debt from an interest-bearing credit card to the new card with that 0% APR and that'll help you save money on interest so that you're paying back only what you owe and you're not paying extra on interest accumulated on your debt, right? So that was last week's. Um, As I think of tips, I'll try to condense it and put it into these episodes, but definitely take advantage of that tip if you can. I would say don't necessarily worry about the credit limit that you get apply for the highest amount that you can and hopefully it's big enough to absorb whatever debt you have on other cards so you can at least eliminate that interest so yeah check out last week's episode of um lex chat the first 20 minutes or so to get all the details on that financial tip that i shared um last thing i want to share with y'all is i did a book review for london elixir jasmine brooks is her name but she is, this is the book. She is a producer, songwriter, engineer out here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I reviewed her book, Pray Time Off, PTO. So be on the lookout for that episode. I haven't decided if I will incorporate it into um, a Lex Chat episode yet or not. I'll probably do an independent episode actually. But yeah, be on the lookout for that. Um, on the Lexi Quotes page, as well as my YouTube channel and Patreon. If you are a patron, you will see that way before anybody else. And the next read is going to be From the Music to the Money by George Yongo, also known as Big Hooks. Uh, Big Hooks, if the name sounds familiar, he and I, we have done a couple of songs together. The first song we did together was called No Love. We ain't feeling no love, uh, you've been tripping, I'm done now. We ain't feeling no love, uh, I've been missing you locked down. We ain't feeling no love, uh, we ain't feeling no love. We ain't feeling no love, uh, we ain't feeling no love. Yeah, so we did that one. And then the most recent song we did together is called Long Gone. To know you long gone, long gone, long gone, yeah. Long gone, long gone, you're woo-hoo-hoo. long gone, long gone, yeah. 
long gone, long gone, you're baby. I'm a winner. Tell me, do you feel like a winner? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is the new book, the next book. It is called From the Music to the Money by George Yongo, aka Big Hooks. So that is our next read. So like I said, be on the lookout for the review of Pray Time Off by London Elixir. She is an engineer, producer, executive producer, songwriter. Be on the lookout for that review. And then be on the lookout for snippets and upcoming review for From the Music to the Money by Big Hooks. But all right, so the topic for this week is clients or people in general who feel entitled to your time and the unwillingness of some people in general, but some clients to seek out information for themselves as it pertains to their own career. So we will get into the topic right after this commercial break. I have had a few instances in my career as an audio engineer where clients, and it's always male clients, easily Googleable things. Yes, exactly. It's always male clients who feel entitled to my time. And I think it's slick people who might have a crush on me or they might see me in a certain way and they just assume that just because you're paying me for a service that you necessarily are entitled to my time. So I guess let me explain that. Now, if you are paying for a service, yes, I am going to give you my time, but that is because I am giving you the time that is necessary to complete your project or to help your idea come to fruition, right? And yes, I would have to agree, narcissistic behavior for sure. So there's one instance in particular, um, and these are always clients who give me a hard time about the prices that I'm charging anyway. So that's another kind of layer to it that we'll get into a little bit later. But I had an older client, an older black male client, who's been in the U.S. for a long time, but he is not from here. He was born and raised somewhere else. And, you know, when we did sessions together, they were always nice sessions. I will admit it was a bit much dealing with his personality because he's so... There are just some clients who where you have to prepare yourself mentally to deal with them first because they just come with a certain energy. And it's not necessarily negative. It's just... You have to deal with them a certain way and almost not coddle them in a certain way, but you have to kind of tiptoe with how you explain things to them, with how you let certain things be known to them. Let's let that airplane go by. Probably someone's private jet. My private jet landing on the jetway. That's what that was. Yeah, so this client... um, older gentleman. He's a bit of a womanizer. He would tell me stories about, you know, the women that he is interested in and how he's sending money to take care of so-and-so. And he's so, look at how pretty she is. Look at how hot she is. And that's mine kind of thing. Like very much proud of the fact that he can get younger women. But honestly, it's probably because you're dishing out some money. Maybe she does like you personally, but y'all are in a long distance relationship. She's 30 years younger than you, at least has kids with other men. I don't know. We're going to not be messy with that. All right. Um, (laughs) We're not going to be messy. We're not going to be messy. I'm just saying, trying to paint the picture, right? He um, definitely comes off as someone who is, and I get it because he's older. He wants companionship. That's what it boils down to. But it comes off as womanizing. You know what I'm saying? So he has employed me to do not employed. He's commissioned me to do like background vocals for his songs. That's the extent aside from engineering his songs that he's written. 
he would commission me to do background vocals on his songs. He would pay the price and then he would sometimes tip a little extra, which was really nice. And I would make sure that I got any, anytime I do a service with people, I try to make sure I get things to them within five business days, within a business week. Um, and that was going well. There have been a couple instances where it would be holiday time, for example. And this has happened with other clients too. Like they really don't care about timeline. I want to spend time with family around the holidays. I don't necessarily want to always be in the studio. I make the sacrifice of working really hard because, you know, anything that you're involved in, you have to plant seeds for it to be successful and then water those along the way. But I have had years where I've stayed in the studio on holidays because I didn't travel to go see family. But I think I had plans this particular year and now that I think about it, he didn't even offer to pay me extra to get done for him. He would always hit me up with stuff that needed to be done last minute. That's what it started to turn into. He would be easygoing in sessions, but then when he didn't get his way, he would give me attitude. He um, And one time we did, we did yell at each other over the phone because he just pissed me off. So, okay, one example. Let me get my thoughts straight. It was around like Thanksgiving and I was planning on driving from Atlanta to see my family in Savannah. It's a four hour drive. I wanted to leave early in the day, but he needed something to be done, sang and decently edited and sent off to Jamaica before I left on my trip to go to Savannah because I was going to be gone from Thursday. No, from Wednesday night until Sunday. And he said, I can't wait that long. And this was before I kind of developed um, more of a fight for myself before I'd got a little bit more um, mean, I guess, or aggressive before I got more confident in knowing that I will get more clients with or without you. Um, it kind of pressured me, you know, maybe I'll go find somebody else who will be able to do it. And um, that, sh that should have been fine, honestly, because anyone who's trying to manipulate you into doing something that you are uncomfortable with, whether that's clients or romantic relationships, even familial relationships, that person is manipulative and they do not respect you. They don't respect your boundaries. They don't respect your time. And I no longer work with him anymore because I started realizing these patterns. But I very much at the time felt like, if I don't do this, I'll lose him as a client and I won't make the money, blah, blah, blah. So somehow I end up getting bullied and feeling anxious about doing this project before I left. So I spend another, I delay my departure because I was going to leave at like two in the afternoon to get down to Savannah. I delay my departure until after eight o'clock at night because I'm not leaving in the middle of traffic time. Um, I delay my departure to take an extra two or three hours to do the backgrounds that he wanted, send them off, whatever, whatever. He didn't even offer to give me extra money to expedite the service, especially since it was around a holiday strike one. Another time, um, I literally engineer, right? That's like my first thing. When people meet me, I'm engineering. This same client would be upset with me because he would call my phone and I wouldn't answer for hours at a time. But it's like, sir, I literally engineer. I cannot be at your beck and call every moment just because you want it. You can send me a text message or you can leave a voicemail and you can wait for my response. If you can't wait, then you need to find someone else who is always going to be available when you call. But I had to explain to him, like, if I'm not answering you, don't hit my phone up back to back because and I don't know what it is about certain guys. If they don't get an answer, somehow that means, oh, maybe she just didn't see the call. Let me call five more times in a row to see if she answers and picks up. No, at that point, I really should block you. But for me, I'll put my phone on silent or do not disturb if I'm particularly irritated and vexed at that. But he's the type who, if, if he doesn't get through to you the first time, he's calling two, three, four more times after that. Not leaving messages until the last call when he's already upset about not having the first three or four calls answered. And so that was just another layer of him feeling entitled to my time. 
You don't pay all my bills. I see you every three or four months and you're upset because I'm not answering your call on the first ring, on the second ring. But you don't have consideration for me to leave a message, to leave a voicemail and trust that I'll get back to you. Do I not get back to you? And maybe I don't sometimes because I'm literally in sessions sometimes all day. I have been in sessions from seven o'clock at night until two, three in the morning. And it would be rude of me to call you after 10 o'clock, honestly. It's, that's just how I was raised. You don't call people past a certain time because that's rude. Now I might send a text message and I'm assuming people are asleep or they have things to do with their lives. So, you know, I just think it's rude to contact people in certain methods after a certain time because you just don't know what people have going on. So I'm not going to call you past midnight, obviously. And then I would wait and, you know, to contact people the next day. But I also have a thing where I don't necessarily handle business before noon and that gives me the morning time to be able to do what I need to do for myself personally. Because what ends up happening is I'm very ambitious and I like to work, but there was no balance. So I had to learn balance and I had to learn to be okay with telling people no. I had to be, I had to learn to be okay with delaying people in their instant, the instant gratification that they wanted from me in the interest of being able to do simple things for myself like cook breakfast and eat or sleep or take a shower or take a few hours out of the day to get my hair done or my nails done or a few minutes to get my eyebrows done, you know, stuff like that. So I struggled for a long time to keep balance because also I was operating from a place of fear as far as like, I struggle sometimes with the insecurity of money and feeling like I'll never have enough or feeling like somehow it's going to run out. I don't know. This is, this is the fear that I that I do worry about. If I'm not working, I'm not making money. If I'm not making money, I can't provide for myself. If I can't provide for myself, I'm a failure. If I'm a failure, my family will be disappointed. If my family is disappointed, then, and you just go way down the rabbit hole, right? Uh, let's see. Start implementing it in your contract so it's known ahead of time and make them agree. Yes. So over time, I don't necessarily have contracts that I make people sign before we engage in service. I put my terms and conditions in, in, um, I'll either send it in a, in an email if they pay me with cash or, um, cash app, or my terms and conditions are included in my invoice. So when they book me for certain services, part of my terms and conditions say, you can expect something back within a business week. If you want me to expedite this to get it back to you within two to three days, that's an extra fee of this. If you want same day delivery, that's an extra fee of that. And then even if you desire me to expedite a service, I have the right to decline your request based on my discretion because I might have things in my schedule and I may not be able to accommodate. So why would I charge you for something that I can't accommodate you for, right? So I do, I do that now. I do have terms and conditions in my contracts, in my invoices, sorry. So people understand. And then I'm explaining before we get into the business of things, this is how I operate. This is what you can expect. I will send you notifications outlining this, blah, blah, blah. And by making this payment, you are agreeing to my terms and conditions. And that's kind of how I how I protect myself in those situations. But um, I just had another instance, literally 20, how long are we doing this? Literally an hour ago, where someone called me yesterday wanting a session. And I told them I'm not available because I did have plans for the day. My schedule was available. My session didn't start until eight o'clock. I did have plans and things that I needed to finish before that time that I had planned my day out, things to do. And this person was upset because I couldn't get them in right then and there when they wanted. So they said, all right, we're just going to hit up somebody else and see if they're available. I'm like, cool, yeah, do that. See if he's available. He's in the city now, so he's probably closer to y'all anyway. I'm assuming they got the session yesterday. He hits me up today. Why would you book something for today knowing that we were trying to get in with you? I'm like, bro, you wanted yesterday. I told you I'm not available yesterday. And yes, yesterday I told you that 
I would be available all day the next day. But in between the time that I stopped talking to you, somebody else booked and they locked in the time. So why are you upset with me? Because you did not lock in your time ahead of time. And it's just, I guess this is sounding more of like a rant, but I want it to be educational. <laughs> I don't want it to just be me, you know, talking smack or venting to y'all. But all of these examples to say that, you know, you got to set boundaries with your clients. Really, you got to set boundaries within yourself. Boundaries and expectations are so important because and literally I'm thinking to myself, so you want me to miss out on money because you can't decide and you can't be intentional about what you want to do in the studio, when you want to come into the studio and how long you may need the studio for. That's completely inconsiderate. And I don't think you would be missing out on anything if you are an engineer, especially or a producer. I don't think you're missing out on anything when you deny people who think like that. Everybody, and this is a philosophy that I lean towards, a philosophy that I, that I practice and I try to keep myself in check. Everybody is on their own timeline. How could I possibly be upset with someone for not being able to do things when I want them to do it? We are all on our own timeline. We are all in our own world. We have things that we want to accomplish for ourselves, certain times, certain dates, you know, all of that good stuff. So I'm the type of person I understand that because I'm very much in my own world. I understand that everybody else is probably in their own world, too. So if I call somebody and I don't get them the first time, I'm like, all right, they're probably busy doing something. Let me leave a voicemail or let me send them a text message when they are available. They will get back to me when um in regards to uh, this client, I say that you're not missing out on anything because anybody who really wants to work with you, they will make sure that they are coordinating with you. So you need to be able to have discernment. That's another thing, I guess. Have discernment as far as reading people, I guess. And let me get my thoughts together on this because I feel a fog coming on. I It took me a little bit of time to feel comfortable saying no to people because I used to, and I still do have fear, obviously, but I recognize that there needs to be a balance, like I said earlier. I literally would not have time to shower, would not have time to barely brush my hair, brush my teeth feed myself, sleep, let alone be able to go do my own music because there have been times when I would dedicate my entire schedule to other people at my expense. And the part that hurts about it is I'm spending so much energy to, you know, support other people, but they are not doing those things in return. See, the thing about it is Nobody is, everybody is in their own world, right? So they have certain things that they want to do by certain times. They got tunnel vision. What was happening was I would be willing to drop things like that to come to those people, but then they wouldn't do the same thing for me. And that has been in like friendships, especially like I went through that. Oh my God, when my car went out, I went through that with one of my friends where she, she was going through a lot of stuff and I'd be at work. She would call me, just got in an accident. I'm dropping everything. Yo, boss, I already called so-and-so. She said she can come in early to, you know, take over my shift. I need to go. So-and-so, my friend got into an accident. So did that, right? Um, That's one example that's not related to music where I... I'll be super willing to drop things for people, but people don't be willing to drop things for me. So there has to be a balance. What am I doing for myself? And then how, what am I doing for myself? And then can I tweak my schedule or whatever to accommodate other people? That's what it boils down to. But at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is you really have to Keep that balance in mind because 
people will try to use you up for what you can give and they will keep taking and taking and taking and taking. And then once they have everything that they wanted, they throw you to the wayside. And I just experienced this earlier this year as well. They will take from you. They will drain from you. They will use your talents. They will use, you know, they will use your talents. They will, <laughs> they will use all of that. They'll take as much as you let them. And then when you need something in return, they will not be there. That's just the unfortunate reality of it. That's the part that hurts a lot. But it's something that we all have to realize. So that's why it's really important to do things because you want to for people, not because you are expecting anything in return. So that would be my cautionary tale on that. It is okay to set boundaries. It is okay to say, no, I have some things I need to do for me. I cannot accommodate certain requests. All through life, those people are around us, but they can only do what we allow. That is exactly right. And in the case of that one guy, the more that I bent to accommodate his schedule, the more disrespectful he got over time now that I think about it, because that's how we ended up yelling at each other at each other over the phone. It had happened quite a few times where he would call and I didn't answer because I was in a session and I wouldn't call the next day because my session, my schedule would be booked up. So I'm not thinking about, oh, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I need to check in with so-and-so. No, I need to eat. I need to shower. I need to comb my hair. I need to do something right for me, for Lexi. And so I think it had been like a week or two of me, of us missing each other. And he would never compromise by sending me a text message. I have to add that he would not compromise. Sometimes sending a text message is like, okay, we can communicate in that. Some people really, my mom is one of those people too. She will not communicate with me through a text message, but complain that we never talk. You are not meeting me halfway. But yeah, the more that I bent to that particular client, the more he disrespected me as I would give into the request. So it must be like some weird psychological thing that people go through to where the more that you give in, the more they will try to take. And I realized that with him because he was just awful. Um, so missing his calls. And then there was another instance where I think he sent me an email. And even though we had been working together for two years at this point, and he has my email, he sent a message. He misspelled my email address and then called me the next day and was yelling at me, almost damn near cursing me out. He didn't actually curse me out because if he did, I would have hung up on him and blocked his number. But he was yelling at me and screaming at me. Every time I need to talk to you, you're never available. It is so unprofessional. And you know, I need these files and we need to send things and nothing can move forward because you're not doing your part. And I'm like, I saw him when we met in person because I wanted to give him his files and be done with him. After that instance, I never worked with him. Well, I worked with him one time, but I never did background vocals for him again because he was super disrespectful. But we met up in person because I needed to give him his stuff so he can get out of my face, get out of my life, get out of my presence. <laughs> and I say, let me see the message that you sent. Now, my email address is plastered everywhere. Lexi Solo, L-E-X-C-S-O-L-O at gmail.com. He sent a message to Lex Solo, L-E-X-S-O-L-O. When I pointed that out to him, he got so upset. He was pissed. And I think he was just embarrassed, but trying to save face. But um, yeah, I was just like, so you went off on me because of a mistake that you made. You didn't have the wherewithal to say, and I'm the kind of, it, it irritates me because I'm the kind of person, like I said earlier, I understand that everybody is on their own timeline. So if somebody can't do something when I want them to do it, I'm not tripping about it because I'm understanding that we all have different timelines. And another thing about me is before I go pointing the finger at somebody, 
I look at myself and I look at everything I've done to make sure could I have handled something differently or did I forget to do this? Did I send it to the right person? Was it the proper time? And I just go through a list of questions in my head to make sure that everything that I could control, I did my part properly. He did not have, I don't know, a good spirit, good characteristic enough to go back and check behind himself. And because he didn't check behind himself, he just assumed that it was all on me. Like I was ignoring him when he actually mistyped my email address. That's why I didn't get the message, but I was being blamed for his mistake. And when that happened, I was like, all right, we don't need to work with you anymore. You're stressing me out. You're making me feel inadequate. And I know I'm damn good at what I do. That's why you keep hiring me. I know that I'm professional. That's why I have certain systems in place. And yeah, he never apologized, by the way. He never apologized. Well, I can't say never. We stopped working together for like a good year. And some things must have happened in his life that humbled him a little bit more. And this is also why, side note, I hate people who text Grand Rising Queen or people who say, how are you, my queen? These fake woke dudes, because the same people who are always, you know, love and light and ganja and we smoke and we feeling good, good vibes only. Those same people, just like the most Christian of Christians, they raise the most hell and they are the least aware. They are the least woke. They are the least spiritual, the least understanding, at least in my experience. So that's a little sidebar. Yeah. It had been like a year maybe before we spoke again, before I worked with him. Um, my boss at the time at that studio that I worked at for that client, he would call me or text me, say, hey, so-and-so wants to work with you. I would say, no, I, I can't work with him anymore. Ask him to find someone else or ask someone else to. But I was, and here's the kicker. Nobody else wanted to work with him because he is kind of difficult. But I, I have like a decent amount of patience, which is one of the one of the draws that people come to me for. I have patience. I'm willing to, you know, sit through stuff with people, teach them what they need to be taught, um, teach them what they don't know, blah, blah, blah. I'm very a very patient person. Nobody else wanted to work with him. I was the only one who was taking him on as a client at that studio. So another slap in the face for, for him. But, you know. That leads me into um, kind of the next topic. And unfortunately, I spent too much time on this one. Yeah, she's playing with something under the couch. It's a little cat toy that I got her and she's rolling it around. It's like a little bell. <laughs> yeah, she's having a good time. But that leads me into the next part of the topic. The next topic that I wanted to get into, um, and maybe this episode could just be a little bit longer, but um, clients who they like refuse to go out and search for certain things on their own. So I just had an experience with a client this past Wednesday. Was that Wednesday? Yesterday was Friday. No, it was Thursday. Yeah. So I had an experience with uh, a, a client this past Thursday and we only have a two hour session and there is a session coming in directly after us. But after our session, he's trying to ask me deep ass questions like, you know, um, how do you feel about ownership and owning the masters and the rights to your songs? And I'm just like, and what was the other part of his question? Like, how do you feel about labels taking ownership? And shouldn't you try to retain ownership of your songs if you're an artist? And I'm like, all right, that's a very deep question, a very loaded question that I cannot answer for you in five to 10 minutes. Yes, you should seek ownership over your songs, but long story short, you don't have the leverage to be able to tell a, a label that you're going to maintain a certain percentage of your song. So as you are right now, you would have to give up majority of your ownership 
because the label is taking on more risk than you are to push you as a new artist. And then there was another question he asked me about something about some kind of equipment that you can use or you can find to record yourself. No, he was trying to ask the next guy because the next engineer that was coming in, my goodness, kitty cat. The next engineer that was coming in, he's a producer as well. And he asked him, you know, how did you learn how to do it? Did you do it yourself or like, what did you do? And he was, and the guy answered him, <laughs> the engineer answered him, yeah, self-taught and YouTube videos. And I had to, cause I was walking out with the client. Girl, I'm about to take this from you. You are distracting. Look at this. She's so cute. You are distracting kitty cat. Go ahead, play with it. Anyway, you are distracting me. Let <sighs> me get my thoughts together. Oh, that lighting is quite nice. I do want the plant in the background. So yeah, the engineer, he responded because he's a producer first and he knows how to engineer. Um, he responded, no, you know, I taught myself and I've been watching YouTube. That's how I learned. And now he's working at a studio, obviously, because he was an intern. Um, excuse me. He was an intern. He interned for us. And then I made the decision. I liked the way he worked and I liked how well he listened. So I kind of took him under and decided that it would be a good idea for him to be a part of the Rich Productions team. And I also kind of knew that I wasn't going to be there very long. So, you know, I needed to make sure that there was somebody at least like me the way that I was when I first started out there. Um, he has certain characteristics about myself that I really like. But um, yeah, so he said, I taught myself and I watched YouTube videos and I was walking out with this client and he's trying to ask me these questions where it's just like, I've been engineering you for two or three years now. And he would try to have long phone conversations asking me various questions. And I don't mind helping people unless I have something to do for myself. Then I kind of get a little irritated, but I want people to know that I care. So I'm not just going to rush you off the phone unless I really got to go. But, you know, I'll give him an hour, but he would try to call like every day asking questions. And fast forward two years later, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I've been working with you for a long time. You've been doing music for a long time and you still don't know certain things. And so he was trying to ask me more questions. And I said, look, the kind of questions you're asking, it's going to be longer than this elevator ride that it's going to take for us to go from the fourth floor to the first floor. So what I did was I said, you know what, follow me on Instagram because we've been knowing each other this long and you ain't been following me. Follow me on Instagram. I'm going to see that you're the last person that followed me. I'm going to send you links to my YouTube page. On my page, I have a playlist titled Tips and Tutorials for artists who don't necessarily know a lot about industry or they for engineers who need help with certain technical things and then for artists to be able to communicate more effectively with their engineers. So it's that whole artist engineer relationship. That's what that whole playlist is about. And that is the original purpose that I started my YouTube on educating people, educating the engineer and educating the artist and how we can get y'all to communicate better. So it'll be a more enjoyable experience for everybody involved. She is really going in with that toy. And I had to basically tell him, you know, you have access to the internet, to Google. I can tell you all of this information, but you still need to go out and apply it for yourself. You can Google, just like the engineer just told you, how did he learn how to produce? Self-taught and watching YouTube videos, application, practice. And I told my, I told my client like, you know, if you really wanted to find out, you would be researching for yourself. It's nice, of course, to have people that you can ask questions to face to face. That's what we would all prefer because it's just easier that way. Um, and you get more direct responses when you have a, a mentor, a person that you can come talk to. But if you really want to do something, you are taking the time and you are of your own accord in researching certain things. So I'm telling him like, you know, 
I'm going to send you the links to this. Watch those videos so you can be a little bit more educated on, especially the language, because if you've been recording with me for as long as you have, you should understand certain terms like verse, hook, bridge, background, ad-libs. You should understand certain things like that. But he was asking me business things and I do have videos on that as well. Like I talk about distribution. I talk about social media. I talk about maintaining your own website. I talk about maintaining consistency with content so that you can, you know, connect with people, but also give people something that they can look forward to in your content. I told this client, if you really want to know things and if you are serious about being in music, you would have a hunger for yourself. You would go searching out information for yourself. The things he was asking me, as someone said earlier in the comments, easily Googleable. Okay. And, you know, I gave him, you know, check out my YouTube. That's one place to start. And then I also named one of the books that's like the Bible of the industry, if I do say so myself. Okay, let me show y'all. It is, and I don't have the thing to it anymore, but it is Donald S. Passman, All You Need to Know About the Music Business. This is basically the holy Bible of the industry, right? Um, and I actually, I've gotten through a good amount of this book, not everything, because there's just so much to it. And as you can see, it's a very hefty read, but I got my highlights. Like, it's really something you should take your time on if you are an artist and you want to have a good starting point for the industry, okay? Um, all You Need to Know About the Music Business by Donald S. Passman. This is the ninth edition. I don't know if he has since come out with a new edition, but I love this book. What are some of the things he's talking about in here? How to pick a team, business philosophy, hiring a team, um, managers, business managers, attorneys, lawyer fees, agents, fees, record deals, overview in the record business, advancements and recoupment, real life numbers, major deal points, producer and mixer deals, advances, royalty computations, who hires a producer, mixers, advanced royalty computations, sound scan, master license, foreign royalties, royalties for United States sale, distribution methods, television advertising, DVD and home video. That's obsolete now, but record clubs, cutouts, posters, video games, accounting, advanced record deal points, territory, merchandising, videos, exclusivity, advanced demo deal negotiation, loan out independent production label and distribution deals, pressing and distributing, joint ventures, upstream deals, songwriting and music publishing, copyright basics, publishing companies and major income sources, secondary publishing income, songwriter deals, performance money, print music royalties, pop quiz, co-writers, creative control, reversion of copyright, co-publishing and administration deal, like advanced copyright, even more advanced copyright, group issues, group provisions, internal group deals, how to name your group, personal appearances and touring, tour merchandising, retail merchandising, classical music, motion picture, performer deals, film songwriter deals, composer agreements. It's just literally the Bible, literally the Bible of the music business. And I made that one recommendation. I knew about that from going to school, but also professors told me about it, but also going to Barnes and Noble and just walking around the music section. And this was another one that I got. This business of music, marketing and promotion, because I understood that I am not doing a great job with promo. So I got this book. This is by Tad Lathrop. Hope I'm saying that name properly. Tad Lathrop. This business of music, marketing and promotion. What kind of things are included in here? I think I went through this whole book as well. Yeah, I got notes. 
girl don't tear up my book crazy cat selling music in the inter- in the new entertainment marketplace charting the corporate hit making process previewing the total market program defining the basic product and its audience packaging the product pricing payouts and profits distributing through stores and their suppliers direct marketing and non-sales methods distributing over the internet promoting the product publicly online techniques radio video television um, sales incentives, live shows, other methods, working the live performance market, expanding television, movies, commercials, compilation albums, custom albums, non-music merchandise, generating revenue for writing and publishing, marketing and promoting music in foreign countries, monitoring, managing, just, y'all get the point. So, all of that to say, and I'll get into this more in the next episode as well. The next, the next episode? The next podcast. That's a podcast at this point. I'll get into more detail about it because I don't want this episode to be too too long. But if you are hungry enough for something, you are going to start somewhere. And I guess hunger is not enough because you can say you want something and still not take the steps necessary to see it to fruition. So the thing that irritated me about this client, I wanted to help, but at this point I've been working with you for two years and you haven't even signed up for a performance rights organization. I've never seen you perform anywhere. You've never taken more than two hours in a music session with me. When I try to get you to go back and redo certain things, you don't necessarily care about it being the best that it can be. So. All of that to say, when you have a certain passion for something, you can have passion, but you have to have discipline. And this is something that I've been working on too, because I've been lacking, call it seasonal depression, whatever, where I know that I have to do certain things, but I just wasn't doing them for whatever reason and past the fear. Yes, I agree. There is a fear with some people in moving forward. Absolutely. But like I said, some people have the hunger and the passion, but they don't have the action. They don't have the discipline. They are too afraid of starting somewhere. And that's so sad to me because nobody is an, is a master. Nobody is an expert. Like, yes, there are people who have more experience than us, but how can you gain any experience if you never even take the first step? Same thing with exercising. Everybody wants to look good, but nobody wants to have the discipline of working out three to five times a week. Nobody wants the discipline of monitoring what you're eating, limiting certain bad things that you're eating in the interest of being able to physically present yourself a certain way. And so all of that to say, you have to be hungry, but you also have to take some initiative. Even if we talk about, you know, I don't know what scripture it is, but in the Bible, faith without works is dead. And this is actually mentioned in London's book as well. I mentioned it in my book review and um, of Prayed Time Off PTO by London Elixir. You know, faith without works is dead. You have to do what you can do as much as you can do. Do your best at it. Go as far as you can. Where you fail, God will provide a way. But do you expect anything to happen if you never take the first step? So I'm wondering, like, the fact that we have all this technology, it's really showing that it still doesn't matter because you still need the human element of application, the human element of action. All of this information is readily available And, you know, not all of it is great, but there are enough sources out there where you can cross-reference and verify and sift through what's real and what's not. But there's enough information for you to start somewhere. And for you to have been doing music for at least two years, you never wondered, how am I going to get paid off of this? You have the ability to do it, but do you have the discipline to make sure you are dedicating time to studying? You have the questions. Have you written your questions down? You can Google those things. 
you can get a basic understanding. And then when you come to see me in the studio, I'll probably be more willing to elaborate on things that you've already looked up. If I don't know something, I go and I look it up. Or I'm going out, if I can't get the answers I want from the people I want, there's a whole internet out there. YouTube is literally a university. But with all the information, it still needs the human element of application. So let's see, even getting food stamps, a person has to take the initiative to get the paperwork filled out. It's always going to be a time when someone has to put in the action. Yes, I'm glad you said that. Action, discipline and action. Discipline and action, discipline and action and application. What is this on my neck? Feels bad, but yeah, that's good. That is really good. Even getting food stamps, even getting unemployment, you have to go to the office to fill out paperwork. There are, there's always going to be something. So, how do I put this in a in an eloquent way? Everything has a cost, and this also ties into the main topic that we talked about earlier of that balance. If you are constantly giving to other people. It's at the cost of your own creativity. It's at the cost of your own self-care. If you want to know more, it's going to cost you a little bit of time. It's going to cost you research. It's going to cost you your ignorance. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Your progress is going to cost you your ignorance. And a lot of times... Your progress is going to cost you your pride because you have to cast away those feelings of inadequacy. It's going to cost you your fear because you have to cast away those feelings of apprehension and anxiety. You're going to have to do it scared. You're going to have to do it ignorant. You're going to have to do it on a small scale before it can be at the level that you're envisioning it. Because there are so many things that you don't understand. There are so many little intricacies, but you have to take that first step of action, application. That's going to be the topic for the next podcast, because I don't want this one episode to be too long. But um, if y'all are wondering where you can find the final edited versions of these, Patreon gets a first look at this. Patreon.com slash LexiATL for $5 a month. You are getting access to content way before the general public and um, special content that the general public will not be able to see. Um, for now, everyone is going to have access to the live streams because I get more interaction this way. But eventually, it will only only Patreon members will be able to have this live experience. So patreon.com slash LexiATL. $5 a month to become a patron to see the content way before the general public. You can also find this on YouTube when it gets posted. You can find this on Spotify, Lex Chat with Lexi. That's L-E-X-C-H-A-T, Lex Chat with Lexi on Spotify. Same thing on Apple Podcasts and Anchor. Anchor is what I use to distribute the podcast to the podcast platforms. But that's where you can find these things. And I just want to thank y'all so much for joining me in this topic today. Definitely take another listen when it posts again and engage with me in the comment section. What do you think about the topics? So the main topic of this being people who feel, clients who feel entitled to your time. And um, I'll have to also elaborate on that because I feel like it was more of a rant today. We'll elaborate on boundaries and letting yourself know that it's okay to say no and also finding balance when it comes to taking on projects with your clients. And then we'll also elaborate on taking initiative as an artist to find out certain things to get certain information. So I will make note of that and join me next week. I want these to be filmed on Fridays. Saturday is it's happening because for some reason I didn't do it yesterday. I guess I just ran out of time. I don't know. But my goal is to film these and record these on Fridays. And it'll be posted up by Monday for the general public. So, yeah. Um, we'll continue our conversation next week. My name is Lexi. 
Make sure you like if you are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, hit the notification bell so you'll be notified every time I post new content. Please support me on patreon.com slash LexiATL. If you want to take that extra step in supporting me, that's $5 a month to be my patron. And yeah, um, thank y'all so much for joining me today. My name is Lexi. Until next time. Peace. I had to switch my hands so I can hold up the peace sign. My name is Lexi. Until next time. Peace. Every season they get a new diet. If I don't feed them, they put them on riot. They be like, Lexi, Lexi. Uh, baby, so sexy, sexy. Uh, baby, girl, take my number. Uh, trying to get next and next it. Uh. Can't complain if you ain't no cheat. I'm the L all these players want to keep. Scratching hands on your fans on the seat. Got the plans on the seat.